Hello everybody, welcome to the Small Town Hunter Podcast. I'm Joe Don Baker and today we talk with Wyatt Mindeman as he and I make our way back from Montana on an unbelievable mule deer hunting trip. So sit back and relax and enjoy the stories. Alright everybody, this is Joe Don Baker with Small Town Hunter. I got Wyatt Mindeman here with me and we are in the truck headed back south. We just finished up a fantastic mule deer hunt in Montana and actually the the deer tag was good for mule deer or whitetail. It was a Montana general season tag. Um, Wyatt and I put in for it back in March. March 15th is the deadline on that and it's just been an unbelievable trip. You know to have uh, a chance to go to another state for one is unbelievable but also to have the opportunity to chase a bucket list type animal like a mule deer for me was an unbelievable experience now why you've hunted mule deer before right yeah i've hunted mule deer in uh, wyoming and uh you know it's kind of the almost the same terrain you know there's a lot more sagebrush down there uh, it's kind of flat in the in the areas we've been mule deer hunting down there but overall kind of the same type of uh, of hunt not as many agricultural fields of course but uh, public lands everywhere in the state of Mon- uh, Wyoming. Um, we didn't ever get to hunt any private land in Wyoming, so it's kind of my, I don't know, probably fourth or fifth trip on public hunting land, and it's just cool to see a whole other state uh, and what they have to provide as far as public land. It was, it was awesome. Well, and that goes to show you, like, you know, we didn't know coming up here, we went to some friend of ours' place, in Scobie, Montana, which is way, way north, almost to Canada, which we might get into the to the Canada story a little bit later on in the podcast. But needless to say, uh, we were on this trip, and it was Ginger's birthday, and she decided she wanted to go to Canada. I tell you what, we're going to save that part for later, but it's, it's a pretty juicy story. But where we went up there in northeastern Montana... When we got there, you know, we thought we were going to be hunting a lot of Scott and uh, Libby's places, but it turns out they they live on the Fort Peck Indian Reservation, and without being a tribal member, it's off limits. So um, we resorted to public land uh, around there, as well as block management. We hunted some of it. Um, Scott and Libby have a ton of people that they know up there, and you know, we got to hunt a little bit of private land. Um, but the truck is coming home a little heavier than it left. I will say that much. Yes, sir. You know, it's kind of kind of a weird deal how it all worked out. You know, we got, actually got up there a day earlier than we anticipated. And really, we were just going to go scout and check stuff out. And we did. And, you know, it was cold and snowing, and we got on some deer and stuff. Um, but we talked to Libby that night and went out the next morning and we were on deer right away. So I'll let Wyatt pick up from there on the deer we saw right away. Yeah, so we uh, left, uh, since it was kind of a, a shot in the dark, I guess, if you will, and we, we didn't have any idea where we were going. Not literally, for all the haters out there. <laughs> yeah, no, there was no shooting in the dark. But um, So obviously we didn't know where we were, go- where we were going. Um, we had Onyx on our phone. Which was a lifesaver. So, yeah, that, that helped tremendously. So, they uh, they showed us on Onyx, you know, hey, you can go here, you can go here. You know, there's a lot of public land here. So, we headed in that direction. 
and uh, got to that particular spot about daybreak and uh, got up on top of a hill and just started glassing and the first buck we've seen was mounted on a doe so we knew we were in for a good treat that week but uh got a spot and scope on him looked at him he was good dark chocolate horn buck and uh, so well let's just look a little bit longer so we sat up there for probably an hour just glassing and every draw we looked in there was deer in it uh, of course from you know a mile and a half two miles away everything looks like does until you put a spot and scope on it but didn't really see anything worth going after but that one particular buck so we drove probably i don't know five or six miles around got uh downwind from him made probably a mile stock in there to him got into the draw where he was at we marked on uh, on onyx and got there and didn't see him there's probably seven or eight does and a couple uh, small bucks were in there yeah two two little forkies in there didn't find him so we don't know if he uh was done with that doe and moved on or what happened but anyways sit there for a little bit um kind of waited for them to feed out of that draw and just kind of worked our way back towards the truck uh walking out some draws and just looking didn't see anything we see a couple more little small bucks and uh they got in the truck and headed to some other public land and uh didn't really see a whole lot there which it's uh notable to like all the public land that's up there is mostly owned by the state of montana there is no blm there is no forest service because there is no forest there are no trees it's all grassland and it looks like private but it's really not because it's owned by the state of montana but they lease it to these farmers so it's really difficult to tell what's block management, what's private, what's public. But that's where that Onyx came in handy, especially on the, the uh, first um, good buck that we've seen that we almost got a chance at Sunday night. Yeah, so uh, that was, you know, early morning. I'd say we kind of got done with that draw around 10 or 11 and uh, headed north. Um, was driving down kind of a dead end and spotted a... A decent whitetail. He had a doe and a fawn with him, and they were just hauling butt across the wheat field. And uh, we drove down, coming to some CRP, and uh, so well, we kind of we'll go down this wheat field here and, and maybe get down this bottom. Well, as we were driving down there to park, we jumped up a nice <laughs> whitetail buck. It was one of the bigger deer yeah, that I've seen in a, in a while. He was big, and he just took off like a rocket straight north. So we pulled up on X and we're like, yeah, we can we can get to him from the north because the wind was blowing out of the north. So we wanted to, or no, it was out the south today. Yeah, it switched around to the south. And so we wanted to get up, you know, <clears throat> downwind from him. So we drove literally. Plus that's how we could access him on the public was around that other side. Yeah. Because it was that one strip of private that we needed to go around. Yeah, it was probably a 10 or 12 mile drive around. Come in the gate and we'd get up on top and uh, start glassing and, it wasn't even a minute and Jodon's like holy cow look at this mule deer it was laying out in the middle of a stubble wheat field and uh, so we got the spot and scope on him and he stood up and just right away we knew something went wrong with him he kind of had his head hung and just knew something went right with him we went to take a step and we knew his leg was broke or something had happened to his leg and got hurt um, and it, he was on private land so Jodon called Libby 
and said, hey, you know, there's an injured buck over here. We don't want him suffering. Is there any way we can get to him? She knew the landowner who owned that wheat field. Yeah, she, she called that guy, and he said, yeah. He said, go after him. So we uh, made a plan because the wind was kind of blowing about 20 out of the northwest. So we only had about two options to get on him. So we drove down this bottom, and we got about 200 yards from him hiked up on top of the fence line and he was about 150 yards and uh got set up and he stood up and he's, he didn't know we were there he stood up and he's facing us of course you forever know, ever didn't want to take that shot and he lays back down well we got to thinking you know he's injured you know what, what could he do he's either injured and he's real leery he's either gonna take off or he's injured and he's not gonna want to run he he could stand up and stand broadside so we whistled at him, and he didn't like that. He, he literally stood up and went straight away from us. Gave us zero shot whatsoever. No, not at all. So we, we followed him for about a mile, spotted him again, and tried to get up on this little berm. Well, I guess he was leery something, I don't know, and got to that berm, and he was gone. And we seen him to the south of us. We got on him two or three yeah. more times and just never could make it work out. So And it was dark at that point, so yeah. you know, we had to make our way back. But it worked out for the best in the end, I guess. But. It did. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And when I got back to the bunkhouse that night and told Ginger, my wife, that, you know, man, we had a really nice deer and uh, he was injured. It would have been a good deer to take. And, um, you know, I wished I could have got him. And she's always the one, like, just stay faithful, you know, and better things will come along. And they did. It did. So but that, before we do that, why don't we talk about your shot on your mule deer yes. that you took the next morning? So that evening, uh, we finally got to meet Libby. And no, we met her that morning. Oh yeah, and I we forgot. Were getting we ready to go out, and she yeah, she, she was, was feeding her horses. We met her that evening, so we didn't really have time to talk about all that kind of stuff. It was just kind of a meet and greet, you know, and whatnot but anyways that evening she's like hey you guys should you know she asked where we hunted that day and we told her and she was like hey you guys should go over here she's like i've been seeing a great buck over there you know go try it out so we left a little bit earlier that morning and uh, got to that particular spot when we got there it was light enough to see not shooting light but light enough to see and in this draw was a buck with a doe and just got a quick glance of him, and they took off down this draw. I said, man, he's, he's a shooter. He's a good buck. So we uh, turned around and parked behind a hill downwind from him and hiked in on top of this uh, pretty good size overlook. And he, there he was. He was down this bottom. She was feeding either behind this little ledge. We couldn't see her, or she was bedded down. And he was standing there staring at her, basically facing us, but he'd never seen us. Which I'm thinking the, the mule deer rut, it, like, was really getting kicking with the first day we seen a buck mounted. You know, this day we seen this buck, buck with the doe, and she was bedded, and he would not leave her side. Yep. But you ranged that deer, and it was, what, right, four, a little right. over 400 yards, and you said, I can make that shot. Yep. As you, you feel conf- confident with that your rifle that you have and the practice that you've done, and that's what it takes to, to make those kind of shots yeah you know i knew it was kind of be, be a chip shot you know not to brag or nothing but i was like oh yeah 400 yards man it ain't much so i dialed it in well it. you practice with that rifle at that range a lot oh yeah yeah i shoot that gun quite a bit so 
I uh, there's a deer crossing the road right there, a little buck. You see him? Yep. So I ranged him, dialed him in, took a deep breath, and that morning there was zero wind. I'd say you know maybe three, four mile an hour wind, and the snow was falling. It was a beautiful morning. So I took a deep breath, and I don't know if I was excited or what happened, but the first shot wasn't all that great. I uh, kind of hit him in the back of the leg and racked another one in. He was still standing, racked another one in and, and put it right behind his shoulder, and he dropped. That was, that was, you know, if you lose that feeling I got that day, you need to quit hunting. Yeah, quit. Man, it's just, that, that feeling, man, is just so awesome, man. That's why we do it. Getting, getting goosebumps talking about it, but I laid him down and we uh, hoorahed about it and hugged each other and said, so "Let's go check him out." And got down to him. We got probably 50 yards from him. That doe was still there and she, oh, yeah. she took off. But put my hands around him and man, it was it was awesome. It was it was a buck that dang sure uh, I was happy about. I shot one two years ago in Wyoming that was about the same size and, and you know same feeling then, but. But yeah, that was. Now that this was, is day two of a five-day hunt, or exactly. yeah, day, uh, day five. Well, would, counting Sunday, it would be. It'd be a five-day because we were leaving. Plan on leaving Friday, so day two of a five-day hunt. Boom, you're tagged out, punching tags. I'm done early that morning. And I, I looked at Joe and I said, "Man, I, it's ten degrees that morning." I said, "Man, it's still cool enough." I said, "Let's gut him, throw him in the back of the truck. It's cool enough. Let's go get you one." And we uh, we drove around for a while. And stopped at I don't know how many public land. We did a bunch of glassing. To... Found a bunch. They, the deer that morning, for whatever reason, were starting to pile up in large groups. Yeah. The day before, we were seeing threes and fours and fives, and then the next morning, it's thirteens and tens and twelves. Yeah. So that afternoon, Jodon takes a rant, takes over. So it's getting close to noon. We had drove around, spotted a few different groups of bucks or deer. And, uh, you know, we seen a few small bucks, nothing that really got our blood flowing. And we knew when he wanted to get Wyatt's deer to the processor there in town. So we were going to go back to the bunkhouse and pick up Ginger and so she could see his deer and ride with us to town and all that. And so we were like, well, let's go check this one other spot. They have these weird crp with tree rows in the middle of them and then the deer were liking to get out of them out of the wind so we went to go check out one of those and we happened nothing in those but we looked past that and there's a bunch of deer in a wheat stubble field and i said man why that's too good a group to not take a look at so we get the spotter out and we're on you know the side of the hill and we spot over there and there's a good buck in the group so we look at our on x on the phone make a game plan we have to drive, a, what, four or five miles around to get on the back side of them, not only to get the wind, but to come up on public land to get to where they were because they were on private, but they were completely surrounded by public or private land that we had access to. So we go way around, got the, you know, pulled into the parking area at the public hunting and walked about two miles in. Wind's our favorite. Wind's perfect. We know where the deer are at in the stubble field. We head up over the hill, catch a glimpse of a doe or two, and then a buck. buck, And I'm like, man, Wyatt, that deer is nice, but I don't know that that's the deer that we've seen. And all of a sudden, Mac Daddy steps out, and he's got tons of mass, tons of tines, tall. 
just everything you dream of when you see a mule deer. And we're like, oh, yeah, buddy. So we make a game plan on them, and we're like, okay, they're going to go over the hill. The farmer had stacked hay bales in the field. We know they walk past the hay bales. Well, we head towards the hay bales, and we see two does or three. Three in the first row. I can't remember. And so we hunker down, and we have to let these does feed on or something because we're fixing to be exposed, and if we blow the does out they're gonna blow the bucks because we don't know where the bucks are so we just have to hunker down and see what happens belly crawled past them yeah so we belly crawled past those then we come up to another group of does we're like crap now we gotta wait until these does move something past so we're watching and watching we're hunkered down we're pinned and i just i said man there's another deer in there why so we get to looking and sure enough there's a buck and i think it was a smaller buck of the two but they were together and the more we got to looking, the bigger buck was in there with them. And, of course, this gets everybody excited. Um, me especially, since this is the first time I've had an opportunity to pursue mule deer, let alone get a chance to be have a gun in my hand and be able to take one. So we make our way. We let the does feed behind the hill where we have good cover. And we knee crawl halfway up the hill then we start seeing backs and necks so then we got a belly crawl and i raise up and snap out the bipod and i see the smaller buck then i start looking okay there's the bigger buck wyatt's got the camera all right everything's good i click the safety off squeeze the trigger and it doesn't go off i have no idea why the looking at it later my primer wasn't wasn't hit nothing so i rack around out and rack a new one in it and i'm at this point i'm thinking the deer seeing this hearing this something so i'm getting nervous so anyway the, they're not they're feeding they're acting normal so i settle the crosshairs on the bigger buck squeeze off boom you can hear the bullet hit him solid hit but wyatt and i talked earlier that day if they're still on their feet if they're still alive whatsoever head up you put another one in him so i racked another round put another one in him and he was still on his feet but he was stumbling and and he ended up going down just 10 or 15 yards from the second shot and if you would like to see a picture of wyatt and myself's mule deer you can check out our facebook page or our instagram page and of course we went a little picture happy we got tons of pictures of our bucks on there because we're both super happy to get them um, you can take a look at the two deer that we shot on this trip. But I turn around and I'm excited and I'm like, oh my gosh, that Wyatt, that was, in, that was incredible. And he goes, no way. No way. And I'm like, what do you mean no way? I'm like, yeah, he's down. What are you talking about no way? He goes, dude, I didn't get the kill. And we got a little bit of pre-roll of the deer in a different spot and then next thing you know i'm all smiles with a dead buck in the background and that's all we got but that's okay wyatt was upset about it i was not it happens i was just happy to be in the montana prairie with a good friend of mine chasing mule deer in the snow so that was the getting you know the footage and getting the kill on camera was the last thing on my mind so i know you were pretty tore up about it and And I, like I said, man, I'm not worried about it. Then he, then he got to lay his hands on it, and that's when it all went out oh, there. Oh, yeah, because 
I, I grabbed a hold of him and picked him up, and I, we haven't put any tape measure to him whatsoever. But his G twos are humongous. They're 14, 14 oh, yeah. to sixteen inch twos on his main G twos. It was just been an incredible experience. Um, so we're both tagged out day stinking two of our five day hunt. So I texted her. No, I think I called Ginger and told her that I had shot one, and then we ended up FaceTiming her, and she's like, oh, my God, no way. So, But we ended up going to pick her up and then going to town, dropping the deer off, and what do we do after that? You want to tell them that whole story, or do you want to go to the next day with the... Oh, the, all the issues with the processor? Well, this is a great buck. First mule deer, obviously... I'd love to, to put this deer on the wall as a trophy. Well, so I tell him in there, I'd like to mount this deer. Very specific instructions. Please, the... please cape this deer. Wyatt wants his hide for a rug. Well, I get a few call a few hours later, and the guy said he caped the wrong deer. So I completely lost the deer cape that I had. But it's not a total loss because I did tell him I still wanted my, my skin, and I was able to you know save it to make a rug out of but he caped Wyatt's and then so why now Wyatt he wanted was the full rug now he's only got a half so it's been a big fiasco we've been trying to call taxidermists all over Montana Nebraska South Dakota Oklahoma trying to track down a mule deer cape to replace this cape which I think we've got one found um our good friend Kenny Bowman uh with Bowman's taxidermy studio in Anadarko he, he did some calling around and checked with some guys, and I think we've got one found. So, crisis averted. It would be cooler if I had the actual cape from the, the animal that I took, but, you know, that's okay. It, you know, I realize stuff happens. Um, the processor made it right. You know, he took some money off of our processing, which I thought was noble and the right thing to do. Um, so, we go back, and we're, we're chilling at the house. I think we had lasagna that night, didn't we? Uh, we did, yep. And we got to drink the celebration beer. We did. Because on the way up, we went to, what was it called, the Firehouse? Firehouse Brewery there in Rapid City. Rapid uh, City, South, South Dakota. Dakota. And so we tried a few of their craft brews, and Wyatt ended up getting this big stainless steel deal filled up and sealed off. And he said, we ain't cracking it till we kill something. <laughs> and we didn't know it was going to happen on day one with two bucks down. No but kidding. It was awesome. So we get the deer dropped off, and everything's gravy, and... Um, Scott and Libby own the Grand Roots Lefsa Shack in Scobie, Montana. So we hung out up there with them for a couple days and learned how to make Lefsa, and, which is a Norwegian-style flatbread made from potatoes and flour, which I thought was really cool, and it's delicious. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was a neat experience to go in there into the factory and just watch that whole process. Man, it was it was pretty inspiring. And then to eat the final product, that was something else too. Yes, we did that on uh, on that day. Uh, the next day, we we grabbed our shotguns. And, well, no, uh, it was Ginger's birthday on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, y'all went hunting. Oh, we did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We, yeah, we went hunting on Tuesday. Didn't see anything. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we didn't see anything on Tuesday. We walked several miles that's that day. That's right. I remember now. And uh, we're like, man, this this place is known for pheasants, you know, and we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen a pheasant, 
let alone many pheasants, which would necessitate walking out an area to kill a pheasant. Right. Well, luckily, one of the ladies that works there at the uh, Grand Ruds Lepsha shop shack said, hey, I seen some pheasants uh, over by my house. And so that morning we went out east of town uh, on some places that Scott said, hey, go check this out. And we pull in, there's two roosters right in the gate. And, uh, well, we didn't get on them quick enough. They were gone. <laughs> well, it was really thick in there. There was like some willow brush. It was a creek bed. And they just got off in that thick crap mm-hmm. and just didn't come out. So we walked that out and didn't see anything. And then we went to the spot where the, the lady told us to go and park the truck. We get out, and I see just the very top of, of a red head. And I said, oh, man, there they are. And uh, so we walk in this stuff, and it's really thick and uh can't find them well joe don's like well i'll go through the middle of it i played bird dog on this deal (laughs) so i was all right so i stood on the outside of it and uh, i see one fly way high over the road and i was like man they're over in that corner so i get over there and uh he's walking to me and one comes out and i shoot he went down another one comes out i shoot he went down and then a third one comes up i shoot and he goes down i was like you're kidding me Three, yeah. three birds, three shots, I'm tagged out. Yeah, you shot your limit in like 30 <laughs> seconds, and I'm in there popping brush like a damn bird dog. Well, we reversed the roles. I went back in and you walked did, it out You but there wasn't any birds there. There was no birds. But, but uh, I'm in there, and I hear a... Wah, 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 wah. Boom! Got him! Boom! Got him! Boom! Got him! I'm like, no freaking way. But, yeah. Yeah, way. He did. One of them turns out to be a pretty good bird. He's got almost a 22-inch tail, which yeah. is amazing. That's What awesome. do we measure, 21 and like 15, 16 yeah, or something? It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's almost there. So we, we gathered them up, and we headed back out east to the other place. Uh, went to some block management area. Jodon's wanting to shoot some grouse. So we walk out this big, long tree line. Man, we got into them over there, too. A mile long, and we come to the end of it, and it kind of drops off down this hill, and there's those tree rows planted back there. He goes, man, this looks like grouse country right here. And I said, let's get it. We no longer walk through the first tree row, and about 15 of them get up. One of them flies decently close to us, but he was still a ways away. And the he wind's was close blowing. enough to, to air, air some lead out. For yeah, sure. he lost some feathers, but the wind's <laughs> blowing like crazy, so... They get up and they fly as far as we could see. We didn't walk 100 more yards. Well, here comes another group that gets up way in front of us. I don't know if they were seeing us in that grass or what the deal was. It was pretty short. Didn't really get anything there. We finished walking out, walked another tree row back to the truck. I said, man, something just landed over there on the hill. And we get up there and and, uh, you can see her head in the grass. And she jumps up and Jodon lays her down and, it was a, a, a hen grouse, but man, has a pretty bird too. A sharp tail. Sharp tail. Sharp tail grouse. Sharp tail grouse. First, first grouse ever for me, and um, you know you can you can kill the hens and the roosters, I guess they call them, because you, it's hard to identify them as they're flying, unlike a you know a pheasant, which we did spook up a hen pheasant, yeah. and she about got shot until I realized what she was, <laughs> but some self control there. But yeah, so we cleaned that grouse and cleaned the pheasant. And, with Thanksgiving coming up, you know, we got some, some wild fowl for the table. Would be pretty kind of cool. Heck yeah. So that but was for, our for, mixed bag for... That was a... Time. So we killed two mule deer. You killed three pheasant. And I didn't shoot any. And then I shot a grouse. So, well, we got several different species. What's cool about 
you know, drawing a Montana non-resident general season tag is they send you a fishing license and an upland bird license with that. So this five-day hunt, you know, tagging out on day two, rather than just twiddling our thumbs, you know, we had some stuff to get out and go do. Like sightsee a little bit. Yeah, speaking of sightseeing, so uh, <laughs> there was a couple ladies there at the shack that said, hey, you should go to Canada and eat at this Chinese restaurant. It's by far the best Chinese food you can have. So this is Ginger's birthday. and uh, She wants Chinese for she, her she birthday. She wants Chinese. Well, uh, the bakers don't have a passport. They only have Oklahoma ID That's all driver's I had license. was my Oklahoma driver's license. So we get to the border. I said, I oh, will try it. You know, I said, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you got to have one. Well, you had yours. I had my passport card. Because you yeah. just came back from Canada on a moose hunt right. a month or so ago. So we get to the border and and uh, hand him the IDs. And the Canadian Border Patrol guys are giving us an eye. And they said, weren't happy. They weren't happy. They're like, oh, you don't have a passport or no proof birth, of citizenship. Birth they certificate. We're like, and I said, well, no. If you know, hey, if it ain't gonna work, let us know. We'll just flip a bitch right here and head back to the United States. And he's like, it doesn't work like that. You crossed international border. <laughs> yeah, you're. You may not get back into the United States. And, and at this point, I'm freaking out. And blood pressure through the roof. Oh, I did not have a good day. And so he's like, well, why are you coming to Canada? I said, man, we're just going over for lunch. Okay, so we go. He, he lets us through. Yeah, they Couldn't let, believe it. They let us through. So we go to Canada to, what was it, Deb's Kitchen or Deb, what was yeah, the name of it? Deb's Kitchen it's or some, something. Some little diner. is just place was a The Chinese place was closed. So we went on to Deb's Kitchen or whatever it was. And it so was we're okay. in Saskatchewan like right now <laughs> for lunch. And it was the weirdest thing. So I, here's the deal. I wouldn't recommend what we did because... <laughs> It was no fun. I didn't enjoy my lunch because I'm worried. Am I going to be able to go back to the United States? I didn't have any Canadian dollars, as they say. <laughs> I had all. I said, do, "Do you take American cash?" And she's like, "Oh, we'll figure it out. Figure it out." <laughs> so anyway, come to find out, we paid for our lunch. Well, we talked to some people that go up there quite often, and well, I'm not going to say that she did hang us out to dry on how much our food costs. But I don't think it was on the up and up. Yeah. But her, her exchange rate was off a little bit. I think it was. So we head back to the American border, and we wheel up there, and there. Yeah. Oh, Jodon's stomach is uh, turned. He's ready to throw up. I am. I told Wyatt and Ginger, as we were two miles out, I'm going to throw up. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so we get up there, and the guy, Wyatt hands him his passport, and here is two Oklahoma driver's license. He goes, Where's the rest of your paperwork? I said, sir, here's the deal. We thought we'd just be able to come up here for lunch. He's like, you have no proof of citizenship. This is ridiculous. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to Canadian prison <laughs> or something. I don't know what. But we made our way through. Luckily, we left all of our guns and knives and everything at the left of shack. So we had no issue. So long story short, we made it back to the United States. The rule of the, uh, the moral of the story, get your freaking passports before you try to exit the country. It will make life a lot easier. Yeah, that's, don't, don't, do, don't do that mistake. We got lucky. Uh, but we made it back and we were able to go to dinner with Scott and Libby for their anniversary, which was really fun. 
Um, they got to let their hair down a little bit. They were they've been married 20 years, so we got to celebrate Ginger's birthday one day and their anniversary the next, and shoot some mule deer, shoot some pheasant, shoot some grouse. It was all around an unbelievable trip, and I can't wait to go back. Yeah, next year's going to be uh, even better because we kind of know where we're going, and, and thanks to Onyx, we we marked where we seen deer and where we went and everything so we can kind of cut down on some time and maybe some days you know with with being that much more ahead so yeah next year's gonna be exciting so hopefully hit it right during the rut like we did this year it'd be awesome yep so if, if you would like to get a chance to you know put in for the montana draw just remember that the deadline on those is is march 15th there's lots of public land uh blm natural uh for service state of montana and it's all across the west for that reason for that you know uh colorado wyoming utah nevada arizona new mexico it's all got public land that you can access just use your brain pick what you want to do pick what you're physically capable of and financially capable of you know you don't want to put in for a sheep tag that's going to be you know four or five thousand dollars and you'd not be able to afford it and it's a once in a lifetime draw and you blew it you know so just kind of pay attention to what you got going on yeah be sure to do your homework too because you don't, you don't want to apply for a state that uh doesn't draw or draws before you apply for another state you know you don't want to get drawn for two states and now you're stuck with a tag you know like montana you can get a refund but most states you can't get a refund you have to just forfeit that tag and eat that money so do your homework yep. and find out you know hey what states do i need to apply for first when do they draw? If they draw before the other states open up, you're fine. You know, that way you know your results in that state before you apply, you know, for another one. So it's it's work, but, man, it, it's worth it. You know, you can plan it out. I mean, if you want to go hunt two or three states, you know, you can figure that out, you know. But be sure you do your homework. You don't want to get stuck with eating a tag. Keep our lands public, you know. Keep everything going. Learn it love it it's it was an unbelievable experience i've never you know gone that far to hunt and it was totally new territory like legit totally new territory we've never laid eyes on and we actually went out there in the dark the first time and here comes the sun on a piece of ground we've never laid eyes on and we were on deer within the first 15 or 20 minutes so you know it was a lot of fun i encourage anybody that wants to get out and, and take care and go and do that that they, they should and you know if you uh, know somebody who has always wanted to do to get out and do something like that have take them with you you know because you know like where we live in a lot of the southern states or midwestern states it's a lot of leases you know that cost a lot of money and private land's kind of hard to come by but out there it's a, it's a totally different ballgame that's what it's there for it's for you know the people to use that's why they put set it aside you know it's for everybody to take advantage of so don't abuse it you'll lose it that's right well that's going to do it for us on this episode guys uh, follow along with us at small town hunter on facebook small town hunter on instagram and you can check out our website at smalltownhuntertv.com we've got lots of cool merchandise and swag um you know you can get on there and say hey to to whoever follow along on all of our adventures we got going on we're actually going to skin right into Oklahoma right as the rifle opener for Oklahoma. 
So we made it back just in time for that 16-day season. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care.